Hello, everybody. I'm Kathleen Hughes, Manager of Publications for the Public Library Association. Welcome to FYI, the Public Library's podcast. We're recording this live from PLA 2016 conference in Denver, and our guest today is Carrie Chapin. Carrie is a best-selling author, teacher, marketing mentor, and consultant. She's a guru in the handmade industry with her bestseller, The Handmade Marketplace, and her website, CarrieChapin.com, propelling a multitude of small business owners to success. In addition, her other books, The Brilliant Ideas Launchpad and Make It Happen, a workbook and productivity tracker, to name a few, help readers generate and capture their best ideas as well as improve productivity and manage their time. Her inspirational style and ability to break down daunting information into understandable content has made her a popular speaker at conferences and events across the U.S. Welcome, Carrie. I've given our listeners a brief overview of your bio, but I know you do so much more. Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself? I live in Portland, Oregon, where I work from home, and I do a little bit of, of everything, especially things that interest me. So I allow myself to kind of move around in my career a little bit, but I love designing office supplies. I like making different kinds of planners and different ways for people to organize their time or their thoughts or their ideas. Um, If you can check it off a list, Mm -hmm. I like to make it. I like to make the list and then the items that go on the list. Yes, and your stuff is very inspiring. Every time I look at something you've created, I'm I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to be so much more organized and productive after. In June of 2016, I'll have a book that's available on Amazon.com, and it'll be a content planner. I'm not sure what its official title is going to be yet, but um, you could just look me up on Amazon, and you'll be able to find it. And it's going to take the guesswork out of what to do. So it's more like forms and worksheets that you would fill out. So you would fill out, what is my post? Is this like a super duper blog post that is going to actually work as a lead generator for me to get people to sign up for my newsletters, um, my community programs, whatever it is that you do? Or is this just a regular blog post? So depending on what kind of blog post you've written and what its goal is for you, the the content planner will actually help you work that out. So yeah, that sounds and then great. how can you translate it into a good Instagram post or a good Facebook post or make a Periscope out of it or put it on Google Plus? Like where are all the different ways that you can say it to match the audience that's already gathering information from that location? Because it's all different. What right. you want to say on Instagram is different than what you want to say on Google+. Do these ideas come from ways you organize your own work mm-hmm. in your life? Yeah, so I am a really disorganized person and a major procrastinator. And it's finally paying off for me <laughs> when I realized that the ways that I try to make myself better because my desire is to be really productive and really prolific and put out a lot of information and help people, help people, help people. But I can't do that if I'm just sitting on the couch. That's what I'm really going for because if it makes you think about things in a different way and it's fun to fill out forms, answer questions or to be sort of interviewed. And if you can get your own mind to interview you on what you want to do or be or have, then you're way ahead of the game, and I want to make those products that help you figure that stuff out. Carrie is the author of a little book called Make It Extraordinary. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about the book? The book has a couple of different exercises to help you capture any big aha moments. Something sparks in your mind from riding an elevator and eavesdropping on a conversation other people are having, or you learn something great in a session or seminar. You know, all of the ideas that you're getting, first, I've learned that it's really important to write down those ideas right away and to just write them down and then think about them for a little while. And even if you never come back to them, just the fact of getting your mind in practice of 
paying attention when you have a really big thought is really, really useful. Um, and you do get better at generating ideas. The more ideas that you have or the more you practice having ideas and the more attention you pay to them, the better you become at them. Um, so I really want people to feel that little spark or have a great big aha moment where everything, I think we've all experienced that, where you have a thought and then all of a sudden you can see every detail that you need to see. So whether you're having an inkling of something or you just download all the information that you need to know about something right away. You know, I really want people to be able to capture it in the book. So in the book, there's plenty of places for you to take notes. There are guided exercises to help you figure it out, um, which is one way that I found if you have an idea and you can't ever figure out how to make it work or you're just not sure it sounds good, but it's unrealistic, or it seems like a good idea, or somebody else is doing something similar really well, but maybe they have more resources or more time or just things that you don't have, but you want something similar for yourself. Thinking about the idea and processing it through your own filter is one way that you can actually make it your own and then have something completely new. Right. So instead of just discarding an idea as like, oh, that'll never work, write right. it down and... Yeah. Play with it for a while. That's blasphemy to me. Like, right. yeah, yeah. That'll never work. Or um, have you ever met somebody who just says, well, we have always done it this way. Right, yeah, yeah. And I think, oh, well, that's so great that you had something successful, but, you know, yeah. we can always try something new. In your body of work, one message that comes through is love what you do. For some, it can be tricky to leave a secure job to pursue a passion. If you're in a situation that for financial reasons you can't leave your job, how do you recommend finding aspects of a job to love? I've been in that position myself more than once. And I think that the key to look out for there is where are your opportunities? Because chances are you have them, whether mm -hmm. you can do extra research during your lunch hour, whether you can listen to something motivational or inspirational on your commute. So there's always opportunities to figure out how to make your situation better. There's a lot of time that we, I don't want to say we waste because we all need time to just think about nothing too, which is maybe what you like to do on your drive. Or my husband, every time he gets out of the shower, he has some major idea. I've taken a a million showers and I've never gotten an idea in the shower, but I can listen to one podcast or a chapter of an audiobook and I'm just off. Everything mm -hmm. has to pause. I have to write stuff down. So look for your opportunities to change your situation because chances are there's just so many. You can sign up for an online course and work on it at night or devote just part of your weekend time towards making your dream come true. But I think the biggest part of finding yourself liking your work when you're in a situation where you feel like you don't have as many options is to figure out what you really want and know what your goal is. And then I like to work backwards from that point to where you are now. So little steps actually add up. Keeping the faith that that's actually true makes mundane tasks or necessary unpleasantness a lot easier to handle when you know that no matter what you're working toward, your your big goal. In your book, Grow Your Handmade Business, How to Envision, Develop, and Sustain a Successful Creative Business, you share tips for success. Can you give our listeners some advice for starting and or maintaining a healthy side business? First of all, really make the time to do it. Ideas don't work unless you put some sort of action behind them. So give yourself measurable goals that you can actually work towards. Create a timeline. And if you have to change your deadline or if you have to change a, a point on the timeline, that's okay. Everything changes. So number one, really figure out where you want to be by when, and then what are the steps for you to get there. If you have deadlines and a system in place to help you meet them, 
you're more likely to have that action because the hardest thing is really just starting. If you're making uh, money that you really need to make or you have benefits that you really need to have, whatever it is that's keeping you at your full-time job that you would eventually like to leave, you have to have an incentive to, to actually do the work to get away from it. Right. When I would really think about that side business a lot when my job was total crap, like I was miserable or I'm sure lots of people have felt yeah, that didn't like <laughs> my team way. or whatever mm -hmm. it was right. that I was like raring to go and mm -hmm. figure something else out but then I would get transferred or something would change or shift and I would think this isn't so bad and like two years go by right. and then something mm -hmm. yicky happens and you're like wait a minute what was I <laughs> thinking about a few years ago mm -hmm. yeah so have mm -hmm. goals that you mm -hmm. can measure and decide what success means to you you can't tell if you're being successful if you don't know what that means and um actually actually do it stop right. thinking about it and just begin in your books you mention business plans and you emphasize having a business plan and that it's very important i believe that there's a couple different kinds of business plans and i don't think that to start a side business you need one that you would share with a banker or a landlord if you were going to rent the space but i think that you do need a goal for yourself if you had saved up and were taking a vacation to europe for four weeks you just wouldn't get on the plane you know, you would research your tickets. You would know where you were going to stay. You would know what you wanted to do there. You would take care in choosing the countries you were going to visit. You just wouldn't walk into the airport and say, anywhere as long as it's 5,000 miles from here. And starting a business is just the same way. So even if it's just a plan that you create, uh, it could be a mind map. It could be a list of goals. It could be um, where do you see yourself in five years. It could be anything like that. Those thoughts... Once you say them out loud or write them down, I believe that's when they begin to actually start to happen. Starting a business is like anything else that you want in life that you get. And most of us get things that we want in life, whether it's a certain kind of family or living situation or career or degree or whatever. And starting a business is really no different. There's nothing extra, you know, challenging or difficult about it and the things that are difficult and challenging are usually just mindset issues that you can tackle if you're really interested in that. The posted series on Carrie's Instagram was a series of post-it notes, uh, 10 great things that happened today or 10 things I loved about today or mm -hmm. five wonderful things that happened today or five things I didn't do today. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I really like that. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about sure. why, what, what that was about or where that yeah. came from? I've been trying really hard and, and have for years to, to learn how to meditate. I just flat out stink at it. So I decided, okay, I'm not going to be a great meditator, but what can I do that's along those same lines? So I decided that I would try to be more present and be in the now. And it turns out I'm super bad at that too. I'm always five steps ahead yeah. or mm -hmm. right now I'm talking to you, but I'm wondering where I'm going to eat dinner. Like yeah. I just, it's really hard to be in right. the moment. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, I'll just start this list of, you know, what is, I'm going to try to notice things as they're happening. What are some good things that are happening? And then I found out, well, that's really tough when I've had a bad day or my day hasn't gone the way I wanted to. I still was really present for all that crap that yeah. just went on. But mm -hmm. so I just decided to acknowledge that in my post-it project to just say, okay, yeah. this is how many emails I woke up with and this is how yeah. many they multiplied and I didn't answer a single one or just three things today that made me cry or, you know, and I didn't put any parameters on it. So it was never a set number. I just wanted a little tiny reflection of what I was doing, how I was spending my time or how I was feeling. 
And it turns out it made a big difference in my daily life. I really, really enjoyed yeah, doing a, that. It sounds like a great exercise for kind of forcing you to reflect. Yeah. And um, what if I had a really bad day? I yeah. didn't try to make it great. I didn't try to say, I saw a blue sky, you know, yeah. whatever it was. It was just like, where's, where was I today? Well, yeah. I was in... I was, it was in the dumps. It was yeah. not great, you know, and yeah. just accepting that part of myself made it a little bit easier. What's next for you, I guess? Well, the content planner's coming out soon, and there's actually another one for podcasts. Mm -hmm. So, and the podcast one is when I started my podcast, which is relaunching this summer. Um, man, I would have taken like any help I could have gotten on how to run a podcast that wasn't, you know, thousands of dollars of a course taught by right. somebody who had a show, which was the opposite of the kind of show I yeah, saw yeah. myself having. Um, so I've been working on the con content planner and the podcast planner this whole time. And then I'm launching a new business this summer called Pep Talk Press. So I'm going to start doing a little bit more self-publishing. And the content planner and podcast planner will be my first foray into that. The Pep Talk Press podcast will launch, and I'm going to do um, a series of different shows. So instead of just an interview show, which is what I have before, and there's six episodes of my original podcast left online, and that's called AIM with Carrie Chapin. I'm going to have one that's called Pity Party, where I really want to talk to people who we all think of as great successes, but really want to know, like, what did you ever fail at? You know, what makes you feel really bad? Or one of my favorite things is so many people, whatever they're really good at now, came from a series of failures. And I feel like we should talk about failure more in this really truthful kind of way that it would be so interesting. And not just like, you know, J.K. Rowling was rejected like 200 times, like, okay, but I mean more like, oh, I really sucked at that. But yeah, now, yeah, yeah. but it led to, but look at me now. Look at me now. Yeah. So my friend Emily McDowell and I are going to do that. And um, Pep Talk Press, there'll be a new website and the podcast and the products are all launching soon. And I'm just pretty excited about that. And you also did a project, accountability project. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I got an accountability partner about three years ago because like I said at the beginning of our conversation, I'm just a terrible procrastinator and one of the things that people don't tell you about being self-employed, or at least that I don't hear enough, is working for yourself is hard. It's not all pajamas and uh, yoga lattes. class whenever I want and lattes and working at the coffee shop. I mean, good luck if you can are even self-disciplined enough to get yourself to the coffee shop. I mean, when I moved to Portland, Oregon, I was like, yes, the easiest city to be self-employed from. And um, weeks will go by and I never leave my house. So... It's really hard to be your own boss and to get all the stuff you want done, um, particularly maybe if you let yourself off the hook pretty easily, which I do. So I got an accountability partner and it just made a world of difference. And it was mostly just having somebody witness what I think I should do all day. And like after six months time, she started saying things to me like, your expectations are really unrealistic. You would never expect anybody else to get this volume of work done. And I would say, well, I'm not getting that volume of work done. Like that's all the work I should have done three months ago and that I should be actively doing now. Putting that kind of relationship into my life made a big difference and also joining a mastermind. Actually, in two weeks time, we'll have a little guide to masterminds on my website, just a tiny little PDF that people will be able to download that will help them 
develop a mastermind because there's a couple different kinds of them. And I think if you are tuned into corporate America at all, you might be aware of a very structured kind of mastermind. But I'm talking about finding a group of people that understand what your daily work life is like that aren't exactly on your same level or they couldn't they couldn't be your competition. So for instance, my accountability partner is a wonderful artist named Jessica Swift. And we have an accountability kit that you can find on my website too. And Jessica understands my creative community, but she's an artist. She paints things. She sells prints of her beautiful work. She teaches people to do surface pattern design. So she's never going to be my competition, but she understands who my customer is because she's going to sell them a skill or something to decorate their home with, and I'm going to sell them something to make their business run smoother. So we target the same people, but from different directions. So that's pretty key in our accountability um, partnership working, and it's a little bit similar for our mastermind. So I think it's really good to have people who understand what you do and what you want to do. I think a small group of about five to seven people is pretty ideal. I really like it if you can get people from different industries because different perspectives are really important. So I have one group that meets in person and then I have one group that meets online and it's worked. Where can we find you on social media? I'm at sign Carrie Chapin and Carrie is spelled K-A-R-I and Chapin is C-H-A-P-I-N on almost every platform I think. And soon, um, all those same places have Pep Talk Press. And as I transition into growing a brand, I'll be doing more active work on Pep Talk Press. But that can all be found at CarrieChapin.com. Thank you so much for joining us live from PLA 2016 Conference in Denver. And I want to thank everybody for listening.